We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here. Not with the old man, Andreas Hell, because it's his birthday. I was nice enough to be like, yo, don't come into the studio. It's all good. Go celebrate with the fam. So the old man's not here for this episode, but it is okay. He's back later on in the week. Still got a pro wrestling episode to come. Can't miss that. And, of course, we're going to break down UFC 298 that is happening this weekend in Anaheim. So that makes today boxing. And what better day to have it as just me? Never know what hot take is going to fly out. No one's here to check me. I love these shows. Hopefully you guys do too. Before we get started, if you guys haven't already, take some time. Check us out on Patreon, the Corner Podcast over there. An exclusive episode every single week. It's only $5, less than anything you get at McDonald's. Yo, Super Bowl was here this past weekend. You couldn't get a drink in Vegas for $5. $5 gets you the Corner Podcast on Patreon all month. Really great content. You get to see all of these shows in beautiful 4K. Thank you to everyone here at Blue Wire Studios and the Wind Resort in Las Vegas. We post the full episodes of every single show every week on Patreon. That's where you guys can see us. Plus, our hip-hop or pop culture and special show this week since the old man is gone. I'm still holding it down on Patreon. You guys don't want to miss this episode. So to everyone who signed up already, we really, really appreciate you guys. Everyone else, make sure you guys make your way over to Patreon. Drop that five bucks. Get the exclusive content. Last week was just hectic, the Super Bowl. But this week, I'm planning out the Corner Club OG tier. That's 10 bucks. You guys get to be on the Corner Club and Friends monthly podcast episode. Going to record that this week. So if you're in the $10 tier, I'm hitting you guys up shortly so you guys can join the show and chop it up as well. It's great to be back in studio, though. I only missed one day. We weren't here on Thursday because of the, the Super Bowl madness here in Vegas. A lot of stuff going on. I was here. I saw Dre briefly during that. He was on Radio Row the entire week. Talked to Clarissa Shields. Talked to Ryan Garcia, who we'll talk about in a second. Devin Haney. He was doing his thing for Sirius all week long. And it was just tiring. The entire strip and everything and being in that atmosphere, tiring. I love the Super Bowl. It was dope. I'm glad it was here. I didn't go. For everyone wondering, the old man didn't go. God bless it. That's why he's not. Listen, he says it's for his birthday. We can be real. We can. We're in the trust tree here. We're all family corner club. 
he ain't here because his Niners lost. You know it. You hit him up on Twitter. Don't don't do it on his birthday. But the day after his birthday, the rest of his week, you let him know. You ran from the grind. You ain't here because your Niners lost. You didn't want to face the music. And no, he, he took it in stride. They lost the best quarterback ever. So no, it was just a, a wild week. But we also had boxing. And before the madness really set in, it was probably my last day on the strip last week. Teofimo Lopez at the Mandalay Bay, which also happened to be the exact site of NFL media row and the fan experience and everything. It was bonkers and packed in there. And Teofimo had a really good crowd. He built this entire card around being the showman in boxing. He had a great entrance. He had like a Cirque du Soleil circus walk him out and he had the whole ring master gear and he, he came on. And it was great. That was the best part of his night. But I'll explain in a second why it's not even his fault. The best part of the night overall was the undercard. Shout out to Top Rank. Shout out to them for putting together a card where casual fans and normal boxing fans can all gather on a Thursday as they're getting hyped up for a big sports weekend and really enjoy it. Abdullah Mason, 19 years old, for my money, him and Kermel Moten, best young prospects in the game. I think Xander aged out. Xander is like 21. But young, young prospects, Kermel and Abdullah, no one's touching these two guys. Abdullah Mason showed, went out there. And if you guys haven't seen it, make sure you hit the socials, type in his name. He was number eight on the Sports Center top 10. At 19 years old, yo, if I'm 19 and I make Sports Center anything, you can't tell me nothing. And this kid is so humble, so blessed. He's always around his family, always in this gym. Yo, he's better than me because this knockout he had with this overhand right was amazing. They're going to show this highlight for the rest of his career. And it happened when the eyes of the boxing world were on him because there's no fights on Thursday. And he really stepped up to the stage and knew what it meant. So he wasn't going to let the ref stop it prematurely because he had a knockdown before that. Or the ref gave a standing eight because he was being the hell out of this guy in the second round. And then he was like, no, I'm going out there to finish it. And he was patient and poised. And this right hand that floored his opponent was nasty. And that's how you make a star. And People say whatever they want about top-ranked boxing and boxing in general. They are the best at building young stars into stars. And then boxers choose to go wherever they want. They keep finding this talent. Dooley Mason's that, that next guy. And then, of course, Carmel's kind of like the next Gervonta's Davis, and he's with, uh, he's with Mayweather and Mayweather Promotion. Shout out to Leonard Ellerby. And we've had Carmel on the podcast before. We had Leonard sit behind his desk several times. And Leonard speaks the world of him as he should. And they're doing a great job marketing him as well and setting him up for stardom the same way they did Gervonta, the same way they learned during the course of Mayweather's career. And I feel like Abdullah is on that, that same path. Abdullah, he's the definition of I'm going to let my skills speak for themselves. Because again, he's humble. He doesn't have to talk trash. 
all his opponents seem to want to talk trash to him. I'm like, yo, how are you trash talking to an 18-year-old? Like, this is a child. And then he gets in there and whoops on him. be like, well, I kind of see it. I, I understand. I'd be upset too. So it's, he went out there and proved again. Damn, he is the future of boxing. Him, Carmel, Xander. Boxing is fine. You People saw this wave and influx of influencer boxing and the, what Jake Paul brought to the sport. By the way, Jake Paul's taking this very seriously. He fights again in a couple of weeks. And people are like, well, boxing was dead. Boxing is dead. Look, look at this circus acts they have to do to sell tickets and to get young people involved. The future of boxing is as talented as ever. We're not even talking women's boxing. There's women's bo- women boxers who are 15, 16, 17. Wildly talented. This next wave of boxing between the ages of 14 and 20 will be better than the Crawford, the Spence, the Canelo. That, those fighters that are now 33 through 40, the Keith Thurmans, the Danny Garcias, the Sean Porter, Sean's my boy. This, this next wave, 14 through 20, it's going to be so much better than that. Because boxing's cool again. Kids are going to gyms. Kids are realizing what boxers have realized throughout history. Yo, I don't need anything but a pair of gloves. And a lot of the gyms have those. It's cheap to go in there to dedicate myself and learn the sweet science. Oh, and if I'm an athlete, I could be really good at this. I don't have to be six foot four. Like I might have to be to be in the NBA. Minimum. I don't have to be 220 pounds. Like I have to be to be in the NFL. Unless you're like the cheetah, Tyree Kill or something. But still, you got to be like 200 pounds. Minimum. I don't have to be that. What I have to do is be dedicated, a little bit athletic, and get in the gym. And it's going to cost me 10 bucks a month. It's going to cost my parents nothing. And kids are getting back on it. And they see the money behind it. Yes, it's great. It's amazing to see, you know, the Patrick Mahomes of the world, the, the baseball players, the Shohei Otani's, these mega contracts. Shohei Otani got $500 million over 10 years, and that's deferred. So he ain't getting that for 10 years, right? Somewhere around there, some 475 for 10, some crazy. Floyd Mayweather, at a point, was making 80 mil a fight. Against Pacquiao, he made 275 in a night. Conor McGregor, in his first boxing match ever, made $100 million. Kids see that and be like, coming for it. Kids see, even look at like a Shakur Stevens or a Tia Fimo, they can make three, four mil a fight if you're good enough. Ryan Garcia making 12, 15 to fight Tank. Even if he loses, who cares? He just signed another huge fight, which we'll talk about. Tank, 12, 15. 20 million a fight. The man is five foot four, five foot five, fighting at 135 pounds. Where else is someone 135 pounds becoming a millionaire in sports? You're not. There's no physical limitations in boxing. If you strap up the gloves and go out there and dedicate yourself, you can make millions. You don't have to throw 100 miles per hour fastball. You don't have to be 6'2". 
You don't have to be seven foot. You don't have to be 300 pounds. Strap up the gloves. You can be 120 pounds like Inouye and sell out the Tokyo Dome, which he's done in May. And make bank. Boxing's coming back and kids are realizing this and they're realizing how you can fight and market yourself and you're an independent contractor. You control your career. Boxing's hot again. Abdullah Mason is part of that next next generation of great boxers and he's on that path. I expect him, like Top Rank has done for other young fighters, Shakur, Tiafimo, to get a title by 21. Xander's about to fight a former champion. He'll probably be a champion by 22, 23. Charlo's dropping belts at 154 like he's going out of style. So I expect fully Xander to get a belt here in a second. There's paths to making money. There's paths to being a champion. This young generation is not waiting. They are not playing games. And then a Coney main event, we see that again. Because we see Keyshawn Davis. Keyshawn, who's always kind of been in Shakur's shadow. Like, nah, I'm not a prospect. I'm also a contender. Yeah, me and Core came up together. I helped him for the Olympics. He helped me for the Olympics. He said, I'm next. Yeah, we're in the same division. That gets a little dicey. Yo, who cares? I'm, I'm not waiting. I always thought, yo, he'd wait. He'd let Shakur become undisputed because they're never going to fight each other. And then he'll go and belt collect as Shakur drops the titles. Nope. He just fought Jose Pedraza, Sniper Pedraza in the co-main and beat the brakes off of him to the point where you're like, well, he can fight for a title right now. Navarrete is fighting for a vacant title. Shakur has one. Uh, Lomachenko is fighting Cambosis in Australia, May 11th, for a title. And then, of course, Tank has the other. Options. So many options out there for Keyshawn Davis. There's not a bad fight in that bunch. If Shakur says, yo, I want to fight Lomachenko in the unification, go do that. Keyshawn, Navarrete is in top rank stable. Keyshawn be like, I'm going to go grab that. And now it's like, okay, my boy got two belts. I got one belt. Let's go after Tank. And then if they got two and two, be like, ah, who cares about Undisputed? Together, we cleaned out the division. Who wants to move up? Keyshawn would be like, yo, I'm a force the champion at 140 to fight me. He can fight Devin. He can fight Tio, who's in-house. And we'll talk about the trash talk going back and forth. He wants to fight with Teofimo Lopez. Get that belt from Navarrete at 135. Drop it. Become mandatory for Tio at 140 and get it all. That's how you do it. And then Shakur be like, oh, okay. Good job, brother. I'm going to take that belt you just vacated. And now I'm going to be undisputed. Because Shakur is naturally smaller. I don't see Shakur going up to 140 for a while. So Keyshawn get a couple belts, move up, and Shakur come right behind him. Yo, give me that belt, give me this belt. Cool, now I'm undisputed. I feel like that is now the natural progression of this. Keyshawn needs one belt to fight, force someone at 140 to fight him for a title. And that'll happen sooner rather than later. This performance against Pedraza was filthy, filthy. And he showed that he's every bit as good as the top five guys at 135. If he goes in there against Loma, maybe I'm not picking him to win. But if he did, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not going to think he's going in there and getting washed. He could definitely hang with Loma. Loma's getting older. Haney beat Loma, allegedly. I can see Keyshawn doing that same thing. Why not? Him and Shakur will never fight, but I feel like their skills 
are probably comparable. We don't know what happens in the gym. But I feel like they give each other work on and off. And then Tank, Tank is great, but Ryan Garcia is his best opponent. And we saw Ryan in his last fight try out weird defensive things. Keyshawn doesn't have those deficiencies. He doesn't. Shakur doesn't. So it's like, I would love to see one of them fight Tank. So Keyshawn's no longer an underdog against anyone he fights. Every fight he has going forward is a 50-50 fight. And he has a chance to win. Oh, and sooner or later, you got to run it back with Andy Cruz. Andy Cruz beat him. If you don't know, Andy Cruz, two-time Olympic gold medalist out of Cuba, just turned pro. He's with Matchroom. And he's only two or three fights deep. And Keyshawn was like, yo, when you get to the pros, it's me and you, fam. Because he beat Keyshawn three times. Keyshawn's a silver medalist because he could never beat Andy Cruz. And Keyshawn's like, we're in the pros. This is a different game. I'm about to give you that work. And I got to see that fight. So that's another fight that's not a title fight that's in his future in a big money fight. So the Keyshawn went out there and Abdullah Mason was great and his performance was everywhere and viral. And he was on SportsCenter and he did stupid numbers and that was amazing. But I would have to say Keyshawn gained the most that weekend out of anyone. And now he is a contender. He's moved from prospect, what if, even though he's a great Olympic medalist, to contender. And now it's like, yo, I'm ready for the big fights too. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Talking about Shakur real quick before we go to the main event. Shakur was briefly retired. Said, yo, I'm out of here because Navarrete got the, the title shot. He was like, I'm coming back. See you guys in June. So now with Teofimo's next fight being in the air and I fully thought it was Subrio Matias in a unification Puerto Rican Day weekend under Top Rank's banner. Uh, Subrio Matias was looking to leave from PBC. Makes all the sense in the world. He's Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican Day weekend. 
Let's get it. It's easy. It's a layup. Him and Tiafimo. Now it seems like Subaru Matias wants to sign with Matchroom and his own. He'll fight someone else who is a contender. And it pushes that fight out a little bit longer. So, with that being said, they need someone to headline in New York. Shakur Stevenson is a natural person to put in MHD. Puerto Rican as well to headline that card against someone. And I, I've said this before. I said this when Dre was here. You don't have to get that title right now. Let Navarrete get his title. You guys unify. And then over the summer, maybe in the fall, and then you and the winner of that, which I assume is Shakur Stevenson, will fight Lomachenko to begin next year. And now that's three belts. And then the last belt belongs to Javante Tank Davis. And you say, summer of 2025, it's going down. And that is a huge fight. The, the steps are there for Shakur Stevenson. He got to get back in the ring. His last fight wasn't great. These Thursday fights, the main events, they're, they're shaking. It's not the best slot so far. Um, but top rank is like, yo, we just want to get in on these big weekends. It's something about it, though. It's not, it's not working. But the fight's back on Fridays. Friday night fights is a stable of ESPN, a stable of boxing. There was always slugfest. The fight's back on Friday. I feel like you get better juju off of that. But Shakur Stevenson needs a bounce-back performance. He needs to just defend his title not worry about who it's against. Give him someone who stylistically will let him open up and just wants a title shot. He could be in top rank. He could not be in top rank. 135 has a nice little list of contenders. Let him go out there and beat up on somebody. Get a stoppage. Get people hype again. Now, Rete is going to come fight. Shakur will have to be slick. And if he wants to stand in there and trade, that'll show a lot. If he can stop a guy like Navarrete, that'd be incredible. That's going to be an entertaining fight. Few people in boxing throw as many fights as Emmanuel Navarrete. You don't got to worry about that shit being great. The next fight for Shakur just has to remind people, like, oh, y'all forgot? I wasn't feeling great. Let me come out here, beat the brakes off of someone Puerto Rican Day weekend, go the next day in the parade waving the flags, got the bandera going crazy, and then you'll see me again in September when I take this other belt. So I think Shakur is on pace. They're smart about it. Top Ring knows what the hell they're doing. So it's one of those things where the return of Shakur is eminent. Then we have the main event here. And to tie it back in, Thursday fights are tough. Tough for main events. We have Tiafimo Lopez who came out with the big entrance. Everything looked great. Circus act. And that was the end of his show. Because he went out there, Jermaine Ortiz, who gave Lomachenko fits when they fought who beat up Jamel Herring, sending him into retirement. The kid can't stand in trade. He came out and Tiafimo obviously struggled before with fighters who are not only southpaws, but ones who just get on their bike, fight on the back foot, try not to get hit, make it an ugly fight, leave it in the hands of the judges. So Jermaine came out and was like, yo, I can do that. And when you look at it, it was just like Ortiz was moving around on his back foot, throwing. If you look at just the punch stats, it's pretty even. Ortiz actually outlands Teofimo by a little bit, loses the percentage battle. But that's because Teofimo could not cut off the ring. And it was as easy as this guy's a southpaw. Step left, step left, step left. Do not let him slide out the back door on the right-hand side. That's all he wants to do. 
He wants to move to his right, which is your left. So you can't connect on the overhand right. He'll eat a jab if he has to get out and dance. And it was effective. And a lot of people, due to the commentary, this is one of the rare fights where I've watched with commentary. I'm at the fights, uh, humble brag. But no, it's one of those things where you get so used to not watch, listen, listening and watching fights with commentary and you just judge it by what you see. And the commentary, to your credit, I'm sure it's a hard-ass job, but Tim Bradley and everyone, they set their agenda early and they ride with it. And it was to the point where Ortiz wasn't being hit much, but he wasn't throwing punches after like the third or fourth round to threaten T.O. at all. And the punches he did throw had nothing behind them. They were just pot shots. This was MMA. There were zero significant strikes. He was just touching him, touching him, and scooting around. And he was on his bike. He was running for all intents and purposes. And Teofimo couldn't catch him. But that's not, to me, how you win in boxing. The name of the game has always been, and Mayweather says this all the time, people have said it for decades and centuries before him, to hit and not get hit. Not do half of that to win a fight. All he wanted to do, Jermaine Ortiz in this case, was not let Teofimo Lopez hit him. And he succeeded for most of the time. But he wasn't trying to hit Teofimo Lopez. He was trying to at most survive and tell the judges, I did not get hit. I touched him a little bit. Give me this fight. He went in there to win a decision. And if you're going in there against the champion, if you're going in there against a guy who's an A-side, if you're going in there against a top 10 pound-for-pound fighter in the world, if you're going in there against a two-division ring magazine champion, which means he's beat the best two people in two divisions at the age of 26 and a cash cow for this company, you do not go in there and say, I'm fighting stylistically to win a decision. You are not doing it. That makes zero sense. Zero. And Teofimo Lopez went in there for a fight. Couldn't catch the guy. Couldn't hit him. You see what happens when Teo can hit somebody. And Ortiz said, I'm not going to let you touch me. I'm going to leave it to the judges. And the judges said, you're not going to win that way. This is two fighters who tried that against Teofimo Lopez. The other time, Teo got knocked down once it was a closer fight. This time, I'm like, bro, didn't you watch the other guy lose this way? You copy his style, try it again, and expect different results. We just saw Teofimo win a fight this same way. And you're going to try to run around like they should give you the fight? Other people are like, oh, Teofimo lost. Uh, I, I think it was like Gilly and Wallow. The Gilly was like, oh, I was at the fight. Teofimo lost. Okay, why? Because he couldn't catch the guy. He couldn't hit him. Okay, what did the guy do? All did I hear you say, and it's not just Gilly. I'm not picking on him. But it's the people who think Teofimo lost the fight. Why? Because the only thing I hear you mentioning is something Teofimo couldn't do. What could Jermaine Ortiz do? What did he do? When did he hurt him? Name a punch of significance. Name three. You can't. You saw a guy on his back foot. You heard the commentary say, wow, he can't catch him. Look at this. He's stifled. He's frustrated. Yeah, he's frustrated. He came to fight. The other guy is running. Yes, as your job as a high-level pro boxer is to cut off the ring and stop the guy from running and corner him and catch him. When you can't do that, it shows deficiencies. I'm not saying Teofimo didn't show deficiencies. I'm saying he also took very little to almost no damage, landed the harder punches consistently when he did catch him, and was 
pressuring the entire fight. That counts for something. Oh, and by the way, when Ortiz did seem to let his hands go and try to throw punches, Teofimo slipped and dodged every single one of them. Styling on him. So what are we talking about? What did Jermaine Ortiz do to win the fight? No one can answer that for me. He ran, he didn't get hit. Did he land anything of significance? That's the other half of boxing. That's, in my opinion, the more important half of boxing. How much can you hit the other person? Because even if you have shit poor defense, but you're landing a million punches around, you're probably going to win that fight. If you have shit poor offense, but you're not getting hit, you're probably not going to win that fight. And I don't want to hear people say, well, Mayweather did this, Mayweather fights were boring, and Mayweather was running. Really? Go watch Mayweather fights again. Because his counter punches, his ability to lean against the rope, shoulder roll, and return that right hand, the amount of clean, hard punches Mayweather landed on all of his opponents were staggering. Go watch that Canelo fight where people thought it was remotely close. Clown Canelo defensively, and every time Canelo overextended, he made him pay. Watch the Pacquiao fight. Made him pay. Ortiz didn't do that. All defensive masterpieces are not built equally. Tio had great defense. Ortiz landed something like 16, 17% of his punches. Tio landed 20. You thought only one guy was defensively good in that fight? Your expectations are telling you that Tio didn't do enough and he should have lost. You had no expectations for Jermaine Ortiz going into that fight. That is the difference. If you were objective and watched it as a boxing match, you saw one guy run, not be able to land any punches when he did throw. And when he didn't have enough, you know, wiggle to him and Teofimo cornered him, he got popped. Uppercuts, right hands. So your basis of Teofimo losing is all based on Teofimo's skills and what he didn't do. That guy won the fight. Was it exciting? Was it pretty? No. Did his opponent come to play ball? No. His opponent came to not get knocked out, to implement a style that the judges might give him a fight and to leave with a belt, maybe get a rematch. That's not how you beat a champion. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Ric Flair said it long ago. Still holds true. That is not how you become a champion. You go in there and you get that belt. Jermaine Ortiz never tried that. He wasn't close to trying that. So he lost. And I don't feel bad. Teofimo now stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because he came off of a great performance versus Josh Taylor, who didn't run, who stood there and found out, like, you know what? I'm not athletic enough or good enough to punch this kid. And he got beat up. And now Teofimo is going to find himself in this position going forward. People are going to make a choice. Either going to sit there and slug it out with you and figure out they're not as athletic as you and they're going to get beat up or they're going to say, I'm going to run and be technical and I'm going to see what the judges think of this performance and maybe they'll give it to me, but I'm not going to get knocked out and he's not going to beat the brace off me. I'd rather that than being embarrassed. Teofimo's in that lane. Now he has to figure out, like the greats do, how do I beat the brakes off of them when they choose option B? And there's no longer an option A and B. You're getting beat up either way. 
How do you want this? Do you want to look like a coward running around the ring when I beat you up? Or do you want to stand here like a man and take this whooping? But those are now your two options. When you're really good, ask Terrence Crawford. Those are the two options. You're going to bite down and take this whooping? And we're going to throw hands? And people are like, man, that was a close fight. He got heart. He got that dog in him. Or do you want to run and wait for me to catch you? Because it's going to happen. And you're going to look like a chump. That's where Teofimo has to get to next. And he was calling out Crawford. He was doing this. Nah. You got to work to get to what Crawford has and where he developed to. Where everyone is food. Now you can choose if you're going down in the second or you're going down in the 11th. But it's coming. And that's where Teofimo has to get to. But there's not many Terrence Crawfords. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We got the announcement of Devin Haney versus Ryan Garcia for April 40th. There's 420. It's 420 here in Vegas. Everybody in the thing is going to be high. There's not one person in there ain't going to be high. Me. I've never done drugs. Outside of me, everybody else is going to be high in that arena here in Vegas. And a huge fan base following Ryan Garcia. Can he bounce back from the tank fight? Only had one fight in between, maybe two to try to bounce back. I think it was only one. It wasn't too impressive. Weird defensive style in that one. And now it's like, okay, right back into a top contender fight. You're going in there against Devin Haney, who looked great against Regis Progress, who stylistically is kind of like Ryan Garcia. All offense. If you stand there and let him punch you, he'll take advantage of it. He'll look really good. But if you've got to get technical, you got to chase someone. I'm not sure that's his style of fight. Well, that was Ryan Garcia is he has more pop than Regis Proger. And he's fought Devin Haney six times as amateurs. They split it three and three. So he knows what Devin is about. The question is, what is Devin's pop? The biggest factor for Gervonta Davis against Ryan Garcia, which changed the, the course of the fight, is in the second round when Ryan Garcia was like, oh, I found the range. I can land on Tank. And he did, and Tank backed up. Tank's response wasn't to run or be technical or dodge Ryan Garcia. Every time he got touched with something, he planted that back foot and threw right back at him. And Tank knew, my power is going to stop Ryan dead in his tracks. And he did it every time. But Ryan on his ass in the second round, went through, hurt Ryan again in the seventh, I believe. And then, of course, the body shot that stops Ryan after Ryan thinks he's opening up. Then Ryan won the sixth round, started opening up, and Tank caught his ass twice. The body shot was the end of it. 
the power was the great equalizer. Ryan didn't really get outclassed. Ryan got hit with three or four punches. He was like, this guy hits different. And I can't open up like I want because I can't take what's coming back at. Now, the question is, does Devin Haney have that? Or does he want to make it technical? Does he want to make it quote-unquote boring? Which, he's not boring. But does he want to jab Ryan Garcia to death, stay at the end of the stick, not allow Ryan Garcia to counter with that left hand, which is his number one tool, not leave himself open to a slugfest and to get, you know, chipped and getting hurt or put down and just saying Ryan Garcia is not technical enough to box with me for 12 rounds. And I can be safe in this ring. And guess what? If he does that, kudos, he'll win. But for me, this is a no-lose for Ryan Garcia. He steps up to a challenge. He's fighting one of the other four kings of this generation, five princes, if you want to go that route with Shakur Stevenson. He's fighting another one of five princes. He's the only person to fight any of them. He's down to fight all of them. And he's making a butt-ton of money because of it, which shows you guys should probably all fight each other. But if I got to go first, I'll do this to show this is how we make money. And Devin doesn't have the power of Tank. He's not going to embarrass him like Tank did and stopped him with a body shot and everything going from there. It's not going to happen. If you lose to Devin Haney, you're going to lose a decision. He's going to outclass you and you're going to say, he's a better man tonight. But you're going to walk home. You're not going to be a viral sensation. He ain't going to do you dirty. He put Regis down once and coasted to the win. That's it. He's not going to flatten you. You're not going to become a meme like if you fight Javante Tank Davis. But if you win, if Ryan Garcia finds a second win, if Styles make fights, if his style is just perfect for Devin Haney and he can catch him with that left hand, now you're a champion. Now a Tank rematch is in the cards. Now a Roley Romero unification's in the cards. Now you hold all the chips if you want to rematch Devin Haney for that title making a lot more money than you're making now. Ryan Garcia's in a win-win situation. Because even if he loses, he'll go and beat up other guys who are not one of the five princes until one of those opens up again. You think he's losing to Devin Haney won't still allow him to fight Roley Romero for a title? He'll fight Roley in two fights. Oh, you, you think this is going to slow him down for anything? You think this is going to be Ryan Garcia's last title fight? Have you seen a guy named Adrian Brown? Plenty of title fights. Long after his mystique was gone. Plenty of title fights. When you sell, you can sell. And whether you're A-side or B-side, when you're B-side, you bring all that money, people will fight you. You don't have to be their number one contender to get title fights. They will fight you because as one of the fights in between their mandatories, you bring a lot of money. And a lot of eyes. So he'll continue to get fights. If he gets better, he'll win fights. And at the end of the career, five losses, all five to the other princes. Tank will probably beat him twice. He'll beat the brakes off everyone else. He'll grab a belt at 140, you know, that's vacated or something. A belt at 147 that's vacated. Maybe he loses up there eventually to Boots or something. And he'll go down and he'll be 25 and 6 or 30 and 6. And people will applaud him for fighting the toughest of all time. Sound familiar? A guy named Oscar De La Hoya did the exact same thing. That's his legacy. People love the golden boy. He's a promoter. He's one of the face of boxing, like it or not. 
Ryan's on the same trajectory. That's just what he's going to be. If he can steal a win for, for one or two of these guys, even better. And this is the next shot at doing it. So that's going to be one hell of a fight. People are already hype about it. It's doing numbers on social. Ryan sells. Is it going to be Devin Haney's biggest fight? Long and away. Is it going to do tank numbers? No. But on pay-per-view, Devin needs this. Devin needs Ryan more than Ryan needs Devin. If Devin beats Ryan, now he has pay-per-view numbers come to the table. Now maybe he can fight a tank. Now he's an A-side against a Tiafimo Lopez. Now he has options at 147. Right now, he's at the whim of everyone else. Because he's not exciting, he doesn't have knockout power, and he doesn't have the numbers on paper to justify being an A-side against anyone who's ever done a pay-per-view. Barely, he's probably a 50-50 fight against Ryan. You don't have the numbers. He needs this fight to get the numbers. So we'll see how that all plays out. Boxing is an exciting place. These young kids are fighting each other. Tank needs to join the mix. I expect him to be back soon. Again, maybe... You know, we, we see Tank or say Isak Cruz or we, we see Tank just getting into the mix. Isak Cruz has a fight coming up on, I think it's like March 1st. It's the first PBC pay-per-view on Amazon. He's a co-main there. So it's like Tank is just waiting. Tank's going to get his next fight. It's going to be a good fight. And then he's going to get back into the mix. And I expect him to fight one of these guys. By the time it's time to fight Shakur or someone for the WBO on 135, I think Tank is long gone. Those guys will be fighting for a vacant title before they fight Tank. I don't think Tank cares about belts. That WBO is just a bargaining chip to fight the WBO champion at 140 and get a major title up there. And then now he's a legit two-way champion. And you know, I think this will make him a legit three-way champion. 130 was a legit title. 135 is now a legit title that they've been vacated all by Devin Haney. And that would give him a chance to fight for a legit title at 140 against the Isak Cruz, against a Rolly Romero rematch, something like that, and then puts him in a bargaining chip for a title that Teofimo needs, that Devin Haney needs, that someone needs at 140. Oh, and by the way, he has all the pay-per-view numbers. So Tank's just biding his time. They're smart. Those big fights, coming. Tank's not these other guys. He doesn't got to fight three, four times a year. He's a pay-per-view star already. It's not how it works. He can fight once a year, twice a year. He's going to make bank and it has to align correctly and they're just weighing that out so boxing is an exciting place can't wait to see how it all plays out again if you guys haven't already hit up the old man tell him happy birthday and then the day after make fun of his 49ers for losing make sure he hears that we appreciate you all follow us on patreon if you haven't as well it's popping over there thank you everyone everyone in discord WrestleMania is coming up soon. Perth is coming up soon. Elimination Chamber. So we're always talking about those while in there. We'll be talking UFC 298 and chopping it up in there during those fights as well. Make sure you guys jump in, jump in if you want to hang out with us, talk with us during those fights in real time. We'll have the preview of that show later on in the week when Andreas is back. We'll also talk wrestling when Andreas is back later on in the week. Thank you all. Shout out to everyone here at Blue Art Studios and Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Follow us, like, subscribe. Do everything wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate you all. For myself, and not the old man. Till next time, we're out. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
auto parts. <laughs> 